0: We won't start cracking the whip on me tomorrow. Then I ram my old positive down your throat and lay my
1: eggs in your chest. What have I An alien? Greetings once again to Geek Salad. This is episode fifteen and three quarters. Uh, not technically an official episode. I'm Andy. And I'm Mike. Wait, oh, Mike, yes? what are you doing here?
0: Well, I came in because, well. I'll let you
1: explain. Yeah, okay. Um hold on a sec. I have to check my voicemail real quick. This will just uh just be a moment here. This new phone and and everything. Uh so many so many things to figure out here and uh, oh yes, um Mike is pulling a nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties sitcom star thing and uh, refusing to come on until we give him more money. Um so he is he's been written out of this episode.
0: Yeah, you pulled the turn Howard.
1: so you're Don Cheadle now. Does that mean I have to start in Hotel Rwanda? Yeah. But you know what, though? I love you in traffic.
0: All right!
1: Um, yeah, actually, uh, Mike Mike has got some household issues. So we're uh, not going to do a full episode in tribute of Mike. We actually have our... We've already had our one-year anniversary come and go. Yep. And uh, we haven't done an episode yet. But we want to wait for Mike for that one. Yeah, so sure. uh, Mike G. and I are going to be doing our own little quickie episode here. So uh, I guess we're going to title this Not an Official Episode.
0: Now this is uh, episode well fifteen and three quarters, uh, fifteen
1: thirty-three and a third. Ooh. Yes. Very nice. Why did you have to reference the worst of the Naked Gun movies? Well,
0: because Naked Gun One didn't have a
1: fresh. Damn it! Damn it! Alright, um there is Come one on. <laughs> John! John! There is one thing that we need to uh just address real quick from our last episode, our cartoon episode. Um just like the uh, the nomination slips that I put out for the top 25 geek, geek movies of all time and left Indiana Jones completely out of that, yeah. I uh, totally forgot to talk about Futurama. Well, I didn't have anything else planned for today. Let's go get drunk. Ooh, for shame for shame I'm sorry for shame I'm sorry and considering that when we were doing the episode, um, they had just announced that all the original voices will come back. Yeah. So you got uh, Billy West. You'll have Katie Sagal. Uh, you'll have the guy who does Bender.
0: Who is that guy? I game?
1: I don't know. He's the guy who does Bender. He does so, a good job
0: as Bender, but he does I, an
1: excellent I, job as Bender. His but name just and there's actually another movie coming out, like another like hour and a half long Comedy Central movie. Oh, which I find just I find those incredibly boring. They really are better set to the, the half hour increments.
0: Yeah, there's so only so much humor you can get out of that situation in half hour is perfect. Right. You don't need half an hour. Right.
1: So, um, we're gonna actually just just hit one topic today, and that will be we're gonna reflect a little bit on one of our favorite television shows, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. The last episode actually aired ten years ago. Well, I guess last month now, August eighth, nineteen ninety nine. After, I guess, technically, three television networks.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, yeah yeah two hosts two um yeah,
1: yeah uh yeah and just tons of changes all around um the last episode was uh danger diabolique which actually i watched with mike c and our uh, our buddy brian in uh what we affectionately known as mike's basement <laughs> where women dare not go uh
0: man cave
1: yeah well kind of like a man cave it's only kind of a man cave if you're actually doing manly things we're sitting there watching sci-fi channel and
0: According eating to most, Cool Ranch Doritos. According and, to most women, that is one manly thing to do.
1: and yeah, it wasn't sports. Yeah. But um, and apparently there's a lost episode, and I I, I really hate the, the the just the entire concept of lost episode.
0: Yeah, I, I guess they couldn't air it when it was supposed to, you know, air in the in the series because they didn't have the rights to the movie yet.
1: Yeah. Oh, so it was just kind of one of those things that they were waiting. Yeah. And they were waiting, but whatever. So. Um, before we really continue on with MST, there, there's a, an axe I have to grind more for Sci-Fi Channel than anything else. Okay. I thought that Comedy Central did a phenomenal job. when they I mean, they had the bulk of the uh, the MST yeah. years. They had the best years. And if you compare the, the, the Comedy Central years to the Sci-Fi years, Sci-Fi stuff is really just...
0: You do get a few gems here and there, but... Here and there. Yeah. In general, most of the... Most of the shining lights are in the Comedy Central area. Yeah, yeah and uh,
1: fewer shorts too. I've noticed in the in the Sci-Fi Channel. I mean, per capita.
0: Yeah, actually, that that was mainly because Sci-Fi Channel they force they one of the only requirements was that these host segments have a storyline. Yes. <laughs> which I mean, it's a it's a show about mom- uh, puppets and people watching a movie and making fun of it. You don't yeah. need a storyline.
1: Yeah. Um, so my issue was that when Sci-Fi Channel eventually took over the show, they did what they do to all their good shows—they completely trash it. Uh, they keep changing the, the the time. They keep changing the uh, the day that it's on, oh, yeah. and essentially, eventually, it will be canceled in favor of Flash reruns. Fucking bullshit! Flash? The, oh, fla- the,
0: flash. Oh, the Flash. I thought yes. you meant because they also made a Flash Gordon series that came we and went in one season. Oh God! Yeah.
1: That was worse than the that flash. That was
0: horrible.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, but there is still—I still, mean, it still created a great legacy. Uh, you knows. had you had nine really great years. You had lots of lots of great episodes. Um, some of my personal favorite stuff are actually from some of the shorts.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I
1: love the shorts, and that's—I mean, that's always—it's it's such a nice, nice little appetizer before the oh, main yeah, course. Absolutely,
0: in, in fact. One of my favorite shorts actually was one of the few ones that they had in Sci-Fi Channel episodes. Which one was that? Robot Rumpus with Gumby. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh, that one, <laughs> one was... Robot Rump? Oh, no,
1: no. Yeah. You know, um, I love the what not to do... Or what to do on a date. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should tell me what not what to, to, to do, do on a date. date. <laughs> <laughs> and did you notice that in a lot of those 1950s, uh, how to date, how to marry, how to keep yourself clean, they used the same group of kids... Yeah, and they're all like vaguely like twenty three years old.
0: I, I thought they were more in thirties and forties.
1: <laughs> well, actually, on Riff Trax, uh, which is a, a splinter of Post Mst, they had another one about um, "Are you popular?" Are you
0: popular?
1: And um, they actually have the same kid from the "What to Do on a Date." Oh, hey, Jenny, nice. how are you doing? That kid. That's right. I did oh. see that one. <laughs> Those are, those are hysterical, too, because apparently you're you're only popular if you don't bang everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you do bang everybody, you're not the loved person that everyone thinks you are. No.
1: So uh, let's recap some of our favorite episodes. Um, I mean, Mike, I'll let you start. What is what is one of your favorite episodes?
0: Uh, definitely one of my favorite episodes was, um, I would say, The Magic Voyage of Sinbad. Oh, God. Which was actually a Russo-Finnish movie.
1: Yes. Oh, the Russo-Finnish movies. Uh, uh, the Day the Earth Froze. Uh,
0: Jack Frost.
1: Yep, Jack Frost. The Sampo. <laughs> Kids go running for the meaty taste <laughs> of Sampo. Uh, for all of those who haven't seen a lot of the MST stuff, we are going to have to kind of stop, I think, just to kind of explain the Russo-Finnish stuff are these, these terrible 1950s, maybe early 60s movies that were made yeah. in Finland um, to delve into the some of some of their mythology,
0: right, and they're financed by Russian companies, so. right.
1: So that's where you get the Russo from, right. But essentially, every everything is about these these Scandinavian jerkwads who do something horrible and then um, are, are meant to repent somehow by doing a thousand little tasks to some hor- horrific witch. Yeah, and uh, that that's about the that's about really all every yeah, single one of them is that's the
0: basic of the cup shot, Although with Jack Frost, it wasn't a witch; it was a really old. Weirdo in a blue robe.
1: Yeah, I forgot. Did he have a long beard? Yes, he did. Ah, the history of the long beards in these movies. Um
0: well, you know, the Russo finish, they have to have the long beards as insulation.
1: <laughs> uh one of my favorite episodes, I'm going I'm going right for I'm just going right for the top here. Mitchell. Mitchell. I like it Scott?
0: Uh, by the quart. Come on, more. Come on, keep it coming. I'm a big boy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually take it with a ding dong in it, but uh, I guess I'll take it neat. That's okay. You know, booze is good food.
1: Mitchell is one of the greatest episodes because it's not a science fiction movie, no. it's not a fantasy film, it's a cop show, or it's a cop movie about the this alcoholic, uh, overweight, uh, probably has already had three bypass <laughs> cop Mitchell.
0: Uh, actually, calling Joe Don Baker a cop would be kind of generous. <laughs> That was actually the first movie I ever saw, first MSC3K episode I ever saw. Really? Yep.
1: Really? Um, I thought it's just, you got, You just got a who's who of bad actors. Joe Don Baker, Linda Evans, John Saxon, uh, Martin Balson, ba- and Merlin Olsen. Merlin
0: Olsen, <laughs> who hadn't found his instrument yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, there's just so much great stuff. I, I love the, uh, the Merlin Olsen as manservant. Uh, yeah, he, he's Martin Balsam's manservant. But keep in mind, Martin Balsam has always been about sixty-eight years old, <laughs> and Merlin Olsen is a former professional football player.
0: <laughs> so that you put them together and watch the wackiness ensue.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, there's just some great stuff from there. The the whole dinner scene.
0: Oh Man, I'm so hungry. Only two steaks for dinner. Didn't get to finish my orange. All the frozen yogurt places were closed. Ugh. Mm. You know big buttery moon up there sidewalk kind of looks like ice cream if you squint hard stairs
1: look like cake
0: oh the dinner scene it just went on and on and nothing happened
1: yeah or the era how um uh Joel and the robots were uh, just just trying to just blind themselves during the sex scene oh yeah baby oil ah! <laughs> oh so uh that fantastic episode that's if, if, if you're coming in new to MST, it's definitely one of your intro episodes. Oh,
0: absolutely. Uh,
1: that, uh, Cave Dwellers.
0: Okay. Oh.
1: oh, the mighty Ator. Miles O'Keefe. How how much Keefe is in this movie? Miles O'Keefe. <laughs> it's all over. I mean, it's all over for you, Ator. I know we've What's been it? best friends. The mighty Ator. Nippo. Nothing to Nippo. say.
0: Must be cold in there. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, essentially, it's just, it's a, it's an Italian, uh, Conan ripoff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, where nothing much happens other than he runs around. At one point in the movie, actually, um, they, he's got to fight off the, the, these, these, these villains in a cave to get oh, yeah. to the, the big bad, and, uh, they couldn't afford anybody else. Yeah, so so they were invisible. Invisible
0: villains. <laughs> it, it, just seeing them, like, kind of slosh around and... Pretend to fight things and they're throwing in folia effects here and there.
1: Oh, it's just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <Huh>? They're invisible. <laughs> oh man, I don't believe it. They were too cheap
0: to hire villains in this world. Yep.
1: My first MST, um, another another one of your intro classics, is uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh,
0: beautiful one. Oh,
1: fantastic. It, you can watch it all year round. Santa Claus is uh, captured by Martians, as the title indicates, so they can bring Christmas to Mars because their kids are all—they're uh, they're very, very robotic. However, some forces don't want Santa Claus to come, nah. so pudgy, pudgy generals with bad mustaches—they
0: <laughs> uh, they look just like all the old, um, all the old sixties. <laughs> with the long, oh a yeah, long the, uh, the like
1: the like the, the old silent film era, yes. you know, tie to the railroad tracks kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he looked
0: exactly like that, only green yeah.
1: and fat. <laughs> they all had <laughs> gut on them. <laughs> uh, that also, was, I think, the film debut of Pia Zadora. That was the p- Pia Zadora, yeah. Those of you who aren't children of the '80s, um, you may not know who Pia Zadora is. Uh, if you've seen Naked Gun 33 and a Third. She is actually in that as a lounge singer.
0: Yeah, and but, she, she gets her, her legs wrapped around uh, Leslie Nielsen's head.
1: <laughs> but back in, like, the 80s, she was, like, the, the next sex symbol. The problem was is that she couldn't act her way out of a wet paper bag. No. Nah. So, um...
0: Her, her, her acting skills in uh, St. Cloud's Conquest of Martians were pretty much on par with what she's got.
1: Oh, yeah, so if, if you, you can't develop beyond eight, then you can't develop at all. no. Uh, any others that you're a big fan of? Santa Claus. Oh yes, we were going to have this argument: uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians, was one of my favorites, and Santa Claus, was which is yours. One. Explain. I just when you
0: put out when you put them together, Santa Claus versus Martians, and Santa Claus versus the devil. I see a lot more comic comedy coming out of the devil.
1: <laughs> um, I especially like how they've completely rewritten the whole Santa Claus mythology. Oh, yeah, he and he lives, on lives on with moon. God. He lives with God.
0: Oh yes, on the moon with. Wind-up reindeers. Yeah,
1: oh, God, the reindeer, ki- or my favorite term, nightmare fuel. <laughs> and kids from all over the world were as helpers instead of elves. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, but my favorite part about that is essentially that they've damned these three, these, these three Mexican boys' lives to, to just eternal damnation because they have to stop Santa.
0: Oh, yeah, because the devil... Uh, I, I just got to stop for a second. The devil wears satin tap pants. <laughs> and he dances way too much.
1: So Satan can only get three little boys to follow him? Well, it's probably a pyramid scheme, so these kids get in on the ground floor. I see. Have you noticed how many, like, um, Angels vs. Devils episodes and shorts MSC has done?
0: They've done that. Yeah. They've done
1: quite a few. My favorite is the short that they did with the, um... The angel and the devil, the the forces of heaven and hell battling over the bread man. The bread man, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because bread is an eternal food. Oh,
0: yes. And what was the wager? Oh, yeah. Asbestos points for a a pitchfork and new strings for a harp. For a harp, yeah, exactly. You you think heaven and hell
1: would just supply those? You you think that they would. I mean, I I just think it's hysterical that they've got that... Just, just absolutely fuck all to do <laughs> down, you know, up in heaven. Then, um, all right, let's wager on. Oh, I don't know the Roto Rooter guy. How's that sound? <laughs> oh, I'll make you my slave. This bread is the holy food. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical too. But I, I got to tell you though that because that episode was shot in color, uh-huh. I was hungry for bread. <laughs> hey, what do you think about the uh, the short design for dreaming?
0: Oh, oh man, that's that was Novena. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there was this um, this short that was done around the nineteen fifties for the the Highway Tomorrow and the Car of Tomorrow. I think it was was it um, Chevrolet.
0: Oh,
1: Is that a Chrysler, Chrysler, Chrysler or Chevrolet? Chrysler. It was an American yeah. car company. Come up with this half hour long film to advertise the wonders of their cars, and had this woman singing and dancing uh, through the up uh, the up version of her manic Mood yeah. Swings. Um, and they're showing, like, The Kitchen of Tomorrow, oh. where all she had to do was push a button and food would magically appear. Yeah,
0: it wasn't very, oh.
1: I got to tell you, though, Autumn, every time we see something, she pull, she riffs right out of that with the I call no way. We <laughs> <Is laughs> were it, watching some of the other day, she's like, I call no way.
0: <laughs> is it any wonder that European car, car makers make fun of English ones, Exa- American, American ones? ones. Yeah. Well, the
1: funny thing is, too, is that from Designed for Dreaming, continually show up in ads oh yeah
0: i've seen them recently it's and
1: uh, not, not so much the mst stuff but you always see Nuvina dancing or you know being hoisted to the moon or driving her car on the highway of tomorrow unfortunately uh the bridge to tomorrow was out <laughs> Yeah,
0: and there was a big giant kid on the off, off screen
1: with the, with the control yeah and my favorite part i oh, man, i wish they'd hurry up for someone to invent rock and roll <laughs> Uh, great that that stuff is is absolutely hysterical. Um, any other episodes you wanna you wanna discuss? Uh, actually, I kind of one of my
0: favorites from the from the Sci Fi Channel episodes were was the last one, Merlin: Shop of Mystical Wonder.
1: I've I've seen bits and pieces of that one
0: because uh, the whole premise is that the, these stories are you know they're obviously cut from you know other other t- TV shows, but it was um oh what's his name Ed Asner.
1: Was it Ed Asner
0: or uh, the guy from McHale's Navy?
1: Oh, uh, I think that might actually have been Martin Balsam.
0: Uh, whoever he's very, very rotund, and he's telling these stories to his young nephew. I mean, this, this kid couldn't have been more than five or six years old, and these stories have like blood and guts and people blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. One of the host segments has them showing, has them showing other you know fun little kid stories from. That this, um, whatever his name is, is um, produced. It's like um, Happy old, happy Bunny, and it shows Bunny's getting his head ripped off. <laughs> it was just, oh, it's an absolute Hurrious movie. Oh
1: my god. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Manos, The uh, Hands of Fate. The thing with Manos is, first of all, one of my favorite shorts shows up in front of that Hires Hard. Part 2,
0: yeah.
1: where um, this. this this rotund car salesman, who looks to be about fifty-five and still living with his parents, <laughs> gets uh, sales advice from his old man, who's just this this old, doddering fool in overalls, uh, swatting at imaginary elves and drinking his lemonade and putting that. Remember that there was like that one point where he's he's talking to him, he stops for a second and then puts a handkerchief over his head. <laughs> <laughs> he just respond with, "He's evil." Yeah. And essentially, the whole the whole thing is about how to how to sell how to sell more cars and how to be a better salesperson. So you know you've got sloppy McWhite and yeah. uh, his, his his young his young protege who's about a foot taller than him and about fifteen inches off the waist or whatever. Oh yeah, but as just as square as the nineteen fifties was producing him at that time.
0: That actually had one of my favorite lines. We're gonna sell cars like wait my old man told me. You stand imagine You send the <laughs> she shelves all night. You swapping out imaginary elves.
1: <laughs> or my favorite line from that one. Oh, the first thing that Harry ever drilled into me was <laughs> <What> Harry. <laughs> Great stuff. But Manos, I mean Manos defies description. It, it's it, it's just, it is quite possibly the worst movie just on the whole movie that MST yeah. has ever shown.
0: Oh, the only other compa- um, know, yeah, the only other possible one for that would be Hobgoblins.
1: Oh, God.
0: Which, actually, sadly enough, from what I hear, um, the MST3K treatment of that movie inspired him to work on a sequel.
1: (laughs) Uh, Is there no end? There is none. There is none. The thing with Manos is, first of all, it introduced one of the the, the most endearing characters in MST lore. Torgo. Torgo. Torgo was like this guy who Kind of looked like um, Scott Mosier's character Snowball in Clerks, <laughs> with the beard. And just kind of, like, hey eh, what's going on? But the bottom half, we think, were goat legs or something. They were supposed
0: yeah. to be goat legs, but they can never show the whole thing, so he just saw they just put them in long
1: pants. So they just
0: hurt, saw these huge knees. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, that great clip! That <laughs> Everything, like the Torgo's loves love theme it was just the, this plotting. And I don't even really know what the movie's about. As far as I'm aware, I think it was a snuff film.
0: It, something like that. Is these, this couple and their daughter are trying to get somewhere. They stop for the night at this house, and Torgo...
1: Torgo takes them in, but he wants the woman for himself.
0: And the master... You can't have him. The master wants him. Yeah,
1: and I guess it's just nothing more than human sacrifice, and it ends on a down note. Yeah. You know, every
0: frame of this movie looks like someone's last known photograph. And, and I mean, this is actually true. It was funded. It was funded and directed by a Texas fertilizer salesman. Yep.
1: Company. Yep. Actually, a couple of years ago, um, Entertainment Weekly had a big article on it. Really? So it was like the 40th anniversary of it. And pretty much everybody was dead within five years of making that movie.
0: Yeah, and sa- everybody
1: from Manos to Torgo to the director. Sa-
0: sadly, the guy that played Torgo committed suicide before the movie actually emerged. Ah,
1: yes, how's that for being born under a bad sign? Yeah, um, yeah, just so many. So, but here's the thing: I think it all culminated for me with the movie.
0: Oh, absolutely. I
1: I think the movie is, and I know. I actually heard an interview with Mary Jo Peel on uh, Chicken Fried Radio a couple of years ago, where she was talking about how they had a lot of studio pressure
0: oh, to get the thing that. out,
1: and um, they just they never felt like it was their best work. Um, and then, you know, as studios do, they pressure you into, "Well, oh, we're dumping millions of dollars into this movie," and then they don't really release it it's got like that three city release where it can only make about a million dollars back oh yeah
0: I I had to travel all the way into Boston to see this yeah I
1: couldn't I couldn't see it from where I was I was living in Virginia at the time I could not go to see it so I had to wait till video yeah um but I I think it's one of the funniest things they've ever done
0: absolutely I mean they cut out a lot from the movie but you really didn't need more to that movie because it was so bad
1: oh it's just it's great because first of all it's like their first um movie with a budget yeah. That they were really able to riff on, and uh, just it's so much stuff. I mean, hell, if I ever start a band up, it's going to be called the Doug Exitors. <laughs> uh, it's or the Mutants. You <laughs> know what I love about that, and I noticed that it's a, it's a common theme in a lot of like the 1950s sci-fi movies. Right. Is that the aliens are here essentially for peaceful purposes? They don't want to do anything to um, to really. Shake the balance. They just want a peaceful coexistence. Right. But your quote unquote hero is always trying to blow them up. Oh, yeah. And it's always wrong. Like when we were watching uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, it's like they're telling them about the Solar night, which will essentially blow up everything. And, yeah. and, and all the guys are like, oh, what if we get Solar night?
0: Yeah, we'll be the number one. <laughs> it's like, no, you stupid. Yeah. It'll kill everyone.
1: Oh, my God, you dumb cracker.
0: You see? You see? Your stupid
1: minds. Stupid. Stupid oh so, jesus
0: <laughs> i I couldn't quite decide from that movie if they thought that if the aliens were supposed to be good guys or bad
1: guys in um in this island earth yeah that is this island i yeah. I always confuse, because there's a musical out called um oh crap I can't even remember oh once on this island mm-hmm. and well it's it's a it's this it's kind of like jamaican theme musical, oh, okay. and um, a lot of our local theaters were doing it back, a long ago, back in autumn, <laughs> and I used to do theater, and I always used to call it This Islander. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, Exeter was the good one, and Brack, and Brack, Brack was the evil, evil one. <laughs> I'll always love you, Brack! No. Uh, or or that, that line about, it's, it's a peaceful <laughs> relocation, after genocide, of course. <laughs> But I think that I think it was like um, Exeter wanted it to be peaceful.
0: Yeah, and Brack and his uh, and all the
1: oh, upper oh ye high toilet hog, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the mutant, oh. which it's here's the thing about that. As bad as as this Island Earth is, uh, the mutant actually kind of lived on oh, in absolutely. fact uh, for Halloween a few years ago Autumn got me this, this collection of like these they're not really bobbleheads, but they're, they're like kind of like big head um, Halloween like monsters like universal monsters the right. mutant was in there
0: really yeah
1: he was in there
0: Wow, because yeah. when, when you think of the classic monsters, you think, Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, And those Mutants. are all in there, yeah,
1: exactly, and the Mutant is in there. Yes. Yeah, fine, run, just because you have a skull. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, infinitely the most quotable on oh. uh, any of the MST stuff. You can use a quote for pretty much anything there. Yeah. Um, okay. There's just lines throughout the thing. So, no closure toward the kill zone. Suddenly I have a refreshing
0: mint flavor. <laughs>
1: Well, it's it's hysterical. It's like they they had to reduce space travel, the excitement of humans traveling through space, into one set. Yeah. And like, well, okay, we're just gonna freeze you, and well, we're here. We'll have to take your word for it. Place your hands above the rails. They're magnetized. And if your hands were metal, that would mean something. (laughs) Um, it's it's fantastic. They finally re-released it on DVD last year for the first time in like I think ten years. Yeah, with zero extras, zero oh, anything. Uh, but do you remember, like, before that got released, how expensive that DVD was to buy?
0: Oh yeah, I had to order it through the um, MSC3K Info Club. Yeah, it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was that much. But it it, it uh, got well, to be that.
1: One. I was looking at Amazon. It was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, I was a. a I, I'm kicking myself because I had the opportunity to buy it like a thousand times when I first got my first DVD player back in '99. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm gonna buy Bowfinger instead. <laughs> This is well used to my money, and this movie will live on forever.
0: Excuse me while I smack you upside the head right now. Ow! Stupid! Stupid!
1: Yeah. So great stuff from MST. MST, we salute you. And now on to the Flame Wars. One
0: of the great ones.
1: Yes. Throughout MST's tenure, uh, they had gone through a number of different cast changes. Not just like, not just like, you know, Yeoman Smith was changed from. You know, one be great actor to another. I mean right. they're their hosts yeah. changed midway oh, yeah. uh through the Comedy Central run. Um so, Mike, are you a Mike or a Joel guy?
0: Um I'm I'm a fan of them both, but I think due to my own name being Mike and due to the first episode I saw was the one where Mike comes in. He actually is probably my little my favorite by a little bit.
1: All right, I'm I'm gonna go with Mike by a larger margin. Um, I enjoy Joel. I will never take anything away from Joel, um, but I found Joel to be a little hokier.
0: Yeah, he.
1: I mean, it was his show. He was the one who came up with it. So, like the invention exchange and all, all right. that was a good use for uh, Joel uh, Hodgson. Essentially, is the. World's only good prop comic.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, he did some great. So he actually did a thing on SN- um, SNL, like back in the mid '80s. I did see a clip of that actually, and uh, he, he was—he's was pretty decent. But yeah. you know, he—he—he's better than Carrot Top or Gallagher. <laughs> but <laughs> as they mentioned many times in M C C K. But I, I really like Mike. Mike has got more of a wit to him. Um,
0: he's definitely—he's got more of a musical talent.
1: He does, and I think his—and this is just because for the most part you know for more than three quarters of the show you're just listening to him talk mm. um Joel's voice is very sleepy whereas Mike's is very stern mm. Mike's got a I think Mike's got a better voice for delivery for it
0: I, yeah I would agree with that they actually they actually called Joel a number of times the sleepy eyed guy yeah
1: <laughs> um but yeah it was interesting that they actually wrote him off the show and actually showed him leaving the show right and how they replaced Mike instead of just having it be oh there's this new guy here now
0: yeah
1: um so, uh, another character that was replaced was the voice of Crow T Robot. Um, originally, it was, it was voiced by uh, Trace Bill U.
0: Um I think his name is Baloo. Uh,
1: you know, I could never get that I've, right. I never understood I could never that. I never get that right. And um, Billy, oh good lord, why can't I think of his name right Corbett. now? Billy Corbett took over uh, during the Sci Fi Channel run. Right. Um, I honestly don't know if I could pick one or the other, only because they, they really sound alike.
0: Yeah, um, Bill Corbett's got a bit more of a, he's, he's, he's actually from, I think, New England or New York. Yeah. So he's got a bit more of a
1: New York feel to his voice. Right, whereas Trace is Midwest, Midwestern, Minnesota, like they all are. Yeah, I really couldn't tell a difference. I think both of them did a great job. Right. I mean, pers- personally speaking, out of, out of like the three, Mike uh, Crow and Tom, I'm a Tom Servo guy. I'm I'm more of a Crow robot guy. Really? Yeah. I I Crow's a little wise, but I, I, I like I like the fact that Sir, well, Servo's just got a great singing voice.
0: <laughs> See, I always saw Servo as kinda like the um he knew it he knew everything or he acted like he knew everything. Right,
1: right. Hey, before we continue, there is something and I'm not gonna forget another like cult favorite again, Gamera. We did, oh, totally
0: forgot about Gamera. Gamera. I love Gamera.
1: Oh god, the Gamera the funny thing is, is the fairly decent movies. You know, for, you know, Japanese movies about boys in little tight shorts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they they'd probably be better if they weren't dubbed so horribly though.
1: Well, that's that was the Japanese way yeah. to um yeah, Gamera the it's essentially Gamera's nothing more than a gigantic flying turtle who um is is friend to all children. And of course some some yuts in a lab coat's gotta come up with some way of trying to destroy all of Tokyo and uh, Gamera comes to the rescue. Yeah. as he always does. Uh, they do a lot of Japanese. They do movies. Um, um, the, a lot of the Sandy Frank stuff. Time of the Apes. Oh,
0: geez. Uh, I doesn't... love
1: I love Time of the Apes just because it's just it's it's horrible, uh, but at the same time they just don't stop with the uh the the poop flinging jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might want to watch that. That's my shake. That's my, that's my flinging hand.
0: <laughs> uh, I it's like that was the Japanese take on Planet of the Apes, and they just didn't. Do it well at
1: all. Oh, no, because all the masks, essentially, they, they reuse the same three masks. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you ever saw more than like three apes on screen at a time. And everybody in these movies is called Ken.
0: Oh, yeah, there really is. I, uh, they they make, make many jokes about that in the uh, Fugitive Alien movies. Oh, yes.
1: Fugitive
0: <laughs> <laughs> God. They, just try, so much... they tried to kill me with <laughs> a forklift.
1: <there. laughs> um, yeah, of. Uh, <laughs> So i'm thinking now i'm thinking of master ninja master oh, ninja theme sh- song <laughs> and every time they'd go over like they they only apparently drove high speed over one road because every time they just show the the van coming over this hill and it's well, I'm i'm thinking they they only did it over one road because that van probably couldn't handle it going over more than one roads i'm sure the camera couldn't handle filming <laughs> more than just that one road um all right back to the flame war real quick uh in between changeovers for um, for Comedy Central and Sci-Fi Channel uh, even the ma- the major villain was changed yep originally you had Clayton Forrester as as your major villain he was through it throughout oh yeah from the very first from the very first episode Clayton Forrester played by Trace Ballou um was in it the entire time the last season, which was kind of like... The last Comedy Central season was kind of like a half season for them because they yeah. just didn't know what was going on was or if they are going to get renewed.
0: It was only about six episodes. Right.
1: They brought in um, his mother, Pearl Forrester, yeah. played by Mary Jo Peel, to um, kind of just work things out because they just lost, lost Frank Conniff, who had played TV's Frank. Right.
0: Um, one, of, one of the world's greatest sidekicks. Sidekicks.
1: Because <laughs> so he, he, was, he was just incredibly ineffective.
0: Yeah, you could kill him so many ways and he would always come back. <laughs>
1: um but but when they moved to sci-fi channel Pearl became the star of the show right and uh, for a little while and then they brought in um their, their planet of the apes characters <laughs> um, professor bobo professor bobo and professor peanut Oh, <laughs> doctor peanut yes that first episode was great because you know it's i am professor bobo and mike nelson is voicing peanut in the bag of, and i'm peanut doctor peanut doctor peanut and those worked okay for a little yeah, while. Yeah. I just... They get to the point where Sci-Fi Channel was plunging these down your throat. And this is just, just please get onto the movie. Right, yeah. And um, so I'm going with uh, Clayton Forrester for I, better villain.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Clayton as well. I mean, because he just had a lot more freedom. Right. Um, Pearl, I'm not going to take any, anything
1: away from Mary Jo. She did a great job with what she was given. And she actually has. I mean, she's got great delivery. Oh, she really know, does. Because they they did have that one where she sat in. Yeah, she she actually. And she did the movie. A very good job. She did a very good job with that.
0: I I thought she did a better job than the one episode where they had Frank and and, Tra- and uh, Clayton right in the movie. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a western, so it was just kind of boring anyway.
1: <laughs> Do you remember the? Uh, you, you, remember the one because with the, the silhouettes they had you know they had the one where um, something had happened to Servo and it became huge.
0: Oh yes, I think that was the one with um, the uh, angel and demon fighting over the bread. Master. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> movie bad, hate movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> movie go away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they had that great gigantic puppet uh. that they used. Um, so after the show went off the air, and you know you can dispute what the actual last episode was. Um, most of the guys continued doing what they were doing. Yeah. Um, I actually have a book uh from Mike Nelson. Oh yeah. Uh, called Brain Drippings. He's he's got he's had three book three books, I believe. Two yeah.
0: kind of um you know uh fiction One, and of one them, fiction. Yeah,
1: one of them is a random thoughts book, which I have. I thought you yeah. it was an excellent book.
0: Oh it is. Um
1: but he, they, he went on with uh, Billy Corbett and uh, Kevin Murphy to go do the film crew, which you told me you hadn't seen. I, I haven't was, seen I was any surprised either. by I, that.
0: I, I would I would like to see them, but I have not seen them as yet. So
1: essentially, the setup for the film crew it's these three guys, Mike Nell, and they go by their real names. It's like they don't have to be characters anymore. Um, they they work at a film studio and they're just watching these movies and commenting on them. It's, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world. Uh, but they usually do these, these decently long movies, very very similar to the MST stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it's Hollywood After Dark, which starred a young uh Rue McClanahan
0: playing she, a stripper. Was she ever young? Never.
1: Never, Never. not even in this movie. Um, and we saw one about, oh, The Wild Women of Wongo, which is this really bad movie about Two islands: one that had ugly men and beautiful women, <laughs> and an island that had beautiful women and uh, or uh, ugly women and beautiful men. Wow! Will they find love? They're on a collision course to wackiness, wackiness. <laughs> there. <laughs> but uh, you have more experience with cinematic Titanic.
0: Yes, I actually even went down to Boston when when they had cinematic Titanic live down there. Hmm. That, and that was a, that was a great show.
1: That essentially takes everybody who didn't do film crew and have them doing they riff their own movies. They do the silhouettes.
0: Yeah, and which
1: it, I think was a little off putting when I watched it. It's just because it takes up so much of the screen. Right, yeah. But um, yeah. I, I think it was fine. You want to talk about some of your...
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's basically taking the very similar to mc 3 k These five guys, they go they all go by the same names, uh, same, you know, regular names. Yeah. But they get they're working for this kind of a shadowy company that is dedicated to preserving all, all these old movies and so they have they kind of sequestered them around uh, uh, sequestered them away and when the movie's ready they can get them all down there and they just do what they did in MSC3K M- 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 they just make fun of these really
1: bad movies yeah wow um, I did I did get a chance to watch Santa Claus Conker's March I actually gave you a ton of them I've got no excuse for why I haven't watched them other than you know my massive time constraints, yeah. but um, they did Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, and I will give them all the credit in the world. Not one joke was repeated. No, they, not a one.
0: They made a purposeful effort not to copy. Not right. to copy jokes. In fact,
1: I love the Mar- Mary Jo Peels' line about, "Well, that's it. I officially hate fun." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that brings us to the, I think, the best collaboration of them all that they've done post MST Rift Tracks.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Rift
1: Tracks is great because Rift Tracks does what you do or we do at least yeah just just in our spare time make fun of movies mm-hmm. and essentially all they do is they record an audio track you supply the dvd
0: right you just sync it up and let
1: them go oh it's it's, it's fantastic they do they do a lot of great stuff uh, they did the star wars prequels yeah. Um. The original Star Wars trilogy. I'm just waiting on Return of the Jedi because when they do trilogies, they bundle them for lower money.
0: That's what I'm waiting for too. Oh,
1: can't wait for that. We're having a film festival that night. That's oh, yes. gonna be awesome. Um. They've done The Dark Knight. They just we just finished watching a little clip on Rifttracks.com for uh, Batman Forever. Oh. Oh, uh, which which looks great. The Batman, um, Batman and Robin one, phenomenal. Oh,
0: absolutely. They um, ripped that one apart. Harry
1: Potter. In America- fact. Twilight actually got a little bit of press because it officially talks to um, the opposing voice, yes, the, the unheard masses who can't stand Twilight, and they actually go in and uh, they they just rip the shit out of they it.
0: They do. They did a great job too. I um,
1: love
0: I love the the uh, post pre, uh, sorry pre movie sequence where Bill says. And this movie proves what I've told you guys all along. Vampires are glittery. (laughs) I'll prove you fools wrong. May I say how happy I am that our movie Twilight is finally telling the world something I've been saying for years. That vampires are sparkly. Oh, the world laughed at me and my quote-unquote crazy ideas about vampire sparkliness. But maybe now that the truth is out, I'll get an apology.
1: Oh, but uh, it that's just some – that is some phenomenal stuff. Um, we actually – oh, before I go on to that, if you want to sample any of Rift Tracks stuff, definitely go to RiftTracks.com or go to YouTube yeah. and type in Rift Tracks. A lot of people put together best ofs. Oh yeah, Uh, which really—I mean—it's—it's great if you don't want to spend the money, or you just want to watch like a a good ten-minute clip.
0: Yeah, to get your feeling, get the feel of if you want to buy the whole thing.
1: Absolutely, A New Hope is on there. Empire Strikes Back is on there. Batman and Robin is on there. X Men is on there. Plan Nine from Outer Space is on there. Oh, fantastic! Speaking of which, uh, last week actually—it was two weeks ago now, wasn't it? Yes, it it was. Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, Mike, Mike, and I. Had the occasion and with Mike's, uh, Mike C's fiance to go uh, see Rift Tracks live at the movies. Yes, they did a great job too. Oh, fantastic job! This was if if your movie theater offers the uh, live experience, like for example, uh, they'll play baseball games. Mm-hmm. Like we'll get Red Sox Yankees games here all the time, or concert series, or anything like that. It means that your movie theater's got uh, the opportunity to simulcast a live feed. And that's what Rift Tracks Live was. They recorded, and they they were doing it in Tennessee, but they made it. I mean, it was an evening. It was an evening out. Um, They got they gave you a short. Oh yeah, you got you got flying
0: stewardesses.
1: Oh, fantastic stuff! And that's. Just just to take a side note here about some of the shorts Especially the shorts that my wife really enjoys They either have to do with Where a woman's place is <laughs> In uh, 1940's, 50's culture Either the kitchen or in the air um, Or teenagers and Their their poor grooming habits <laughs> Apparently there was a lot of smelly Kids in those days There was actually
0: a riffrax short called The Trouble with Women <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Remember the one uh, Mr. Bungle Oh Mr. Tracks. Bungle. Oh, this was great because I remember seeing this on the P.B. Herman show back <laughs> on back back long, long ago. Where they they're starting out a lot younger. These kids are about maybe five, you know, six or seven years old. Yeah. And um oh my god, it's just make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you squeak back your hair, or Mr. Bungle will get you. Bungle. Bungle. Um yeah, the flying stewardess was, was great. Uh who's the musical act?
0: Oh, I cannot remember his name. I can't
1: either. I, he was really good. I'm sure that they'll they'll have him on again. Right. Um and then Plan Nine from Outer Space, completely redone in color. Yep. Uh for for the viewing audience. And it was definitely live because there were times where they were showing they were showing them cracking up a little bit. Yes. Uh they great composure by the way, because oh, absolutely. everybody watching it was in the aisles. Great movie audience too. Oh, really? What a, it was just—it was the experience that you really want out of a movie. Yeah. To have like that really group feel to it. Oh, that, that's the best way to watch these oh, things. It was. Oh, I had so much fun watching that movie, and it's coming back. Yep. October
0: eighth. On, on course in October eighth or tenth or somewhere. Okay, right I there. think it's the eighth actually. Yeah. Check out
1: rifttracks.com if you're interested because it looks like it's going to be fun. Now is that going to just be? It's going to be the whole thing again. A whole thing in, but live again. Yeah. It's going well. It's going to be uh,
0: re-showing what they did. So it's not going to be live again, but it's going to be showing... Oh, okay.
1: So essentially, it's just the rerun. Exactly. All right. Well, that that's cool. We were also able to, uh, thanks to it and the high-ticket the high price involved with it, uh, they gave you the short for free, yep. you know, downloadable short, um, downloadable postcard, downloadable song. Yes. So you had uh, plans uh, one, 1 through, through eight. 8 from Outer Space. <laughs> uh, just it's some great stuff. Oh, by the way, the other day I was... Um, I was just flipping around on my iPod and I found a short that just defies logic from Ref Tracks. Oh, yeah. One got fat.
0: Oh yeah, monkeys! Oh my god, oh. this is
1: the most frightening thing in the world. It's these these ten kids, these ten children who are all wearing monkey masks. And throughout the eleven minutes that this short goes on, they're all horrifically murdered.
0: <laughs> and I think I think Bill in that one made, put it best when he's just kind of freaked out every time he saw the kids and monkey because they were just some of the most. It was, like, demonic... It was, like, uh, from Donnie
1: Darko, demonic bunny. Yeah.
0: These were demonic monkeys. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was It's just terrifying. Oh. Absolutely terrifying stuff. So, you get plenty of stuff to go out and check out. Uh, you can actually find um, catalogued episodes of MST, either on DVD or on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cinematic Titanic really only does um, just their trailers online. I haven't been able to yeah, find, like, actual I, I don't... real content.
0: No, because they're, they're releasing them, you know, they pay for all the things themselves so
1: right right uh, film crew we really find snippets as well online yeah but those are available especially if you're a netflix subscriber you can actually watch those on the instant on the instant queue instant queue yeah the instant queue where you can either receive the 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 dvd yeah. the physical dvd or you can watch it you can watch it online well i'm not netflix so oh you gotta get on board you gotta <laughs> get on board I know, one day. I, I can't afford it right now. I understand that, but one day. One, one day. day. And just phenomenal stuff. So um, take, take uh, as much time as you can to check it out, because anybody who watches it, you're an instant convert.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So um, with that said, that kind of wraps up our, our little mini episode, which essentially is about think about half the time yeah. of a regular episode. We're, right now I'm looking at a recorder at 42.48, which is definitely going to change once inserts and yeah. editing and getting out all the ums, uh's. And what the hell is that guy's name? Oh, when we cut out all that stuff. About a 45-minute episode, I think. So um, you might look if, – if this is successful, you might see more like little quasi-episodes in the future. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to contact Geek Salad, you know where to get us. Geek Salad at Yahoo.com. Uh, Check out our Facebook group. Uh, Just look for Geek Salad Podcast. And don't be afraid. We're not shilling anything. Just
0: ourselves. (laughs) You can
1: check out back episodes either on our website, www.geeksalad.mypodcast.com. You can also check us out on the iTunes store. Just type in Geek Salad. So if if you have one of those fancy dancy iPhones or are a normal person and just have a regular iPod or even a Zune,
0: I'm trying to get him on the Zoom Marketplace, but so far no luck.
1: Those jerks. Yeah. Uh, but you you can download the the feed. Yeah, right, you can right. you download the oh. feed to your Zoom. Oh, that's what I do every day. Well, that's what you have to do, unfortunately. Uh, so plenty of stuff to go. So our next episode will actually be our our true episode 16, our uh, one year anniversary. We will have Mike C. Because I'm sure we'll we'll cut through that that. Uh, contract negotiation or we'll cut through him. (laughs) So So in the meantime, go forth and be nerdful. Take care.
0: See ya. Oh, I hear some of you out there, folks. You're saying, but the story's over. It was barely a story, but it's indisputably over. Yes, yes, I agree, but if you've watched this long, it's assumed that you're a teenage girl who really wants to meet a sweet vampire boy herself, and this is just more marshmallow on your Sunday. So take out your spoon and gobble it up, sweet marshmallowy goodness.
1: Stupid! Stupid!